Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Breathtaking. A movie that is changing hearts and minds. I really feel inspired. We're going to put up statues because of what this film may do. An eye-opening masterpiece of the real history of America. They want to cover up history. I didn't study that kind of stuff when I was in history. They are actively learning their history wrong. Why have you hidden this from me? Starring Larry Elder. And Uncle Tom is somebody who has sold out by embracing the white man. Candace Owens. I'm a black female. I should be at the top of the progressive stack. Brandon Tatum. They believe that I want to be accepted in the white community. Kind of like the house Negro back in slavery. And Herman Cain. As my late grandfathers used to say, I does not care. These are the voices of the movie Uncle Tom. Purchase now at UncleTom.com. Use promo code DETROIT for 20% off. It's back to school time. So whether your kids will be back at school wearing masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive. So let us help. Enter the back to school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 to help pay for school supplies and kids' clothing. Then your school gets an additional $2,500. Go to faithtalkdetroit.com to enter the back to school sweepstakes to win $2,500. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com. How do you keep a biblical perspective in a pandemic accompanied by a mental health crisis? As COVID-19 has spread, prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications have nearly doubled. Yet in a world consumed by worry, God has a purpose for anxiety, and that's the subject of a timely new book, The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for overcoming fear, worry, and panic. Written by pastor and biblical counselor Josh Weidman, it offers his personal prescription with practical steps and biblical answers for coping with stress and deepening trust and dependence on God. The End of Anxiety can help you find peace and joy in times of uncertainty, fear, and darkness. Our main goal as Christians is to glorify God in everything we do. And as the author opens his life and personal journey in this book, he shows how suffering, anxiety, and our mental battles can bring God the glory. The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for overcoming fear, worry, and panic. Available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Learn more at endofanxiety.com. 
Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Bible Talk. This is uh, Pastor Baker. I'm coming to you with another lesson with regard to the uh, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, whose members are known as uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, The last time I was on, I was uh, teaching concerning salvation according to the Watchtower Society. Uh, And the teaching is that, number one, according to them, salvation is in their organization. But the interesting thing is uh, they made statements, uh, definitive statements, declaring that salvation is in their organization. Then they've made contradicting statements, uh, declaring that salvation is not in any uh, organization. So somebody might say, well, anybody can make a mistake. Well, I agree with that, too. And I don't think you should necessarily hold people's uh, feet to the fire concerning uh, mistakes that they made, even people that, uh, you know, teaching scripture. Uh, a lot of times we can hold one view of scripture and maybe years down the road, down the road, we'll do some research and discover, Hey, you know, I think I was wrong about that after all. So uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, not a problem. But the problem with the white talk society making mistakes is that they do this uh, declaring that only they are God's organization. They do this declaring that no one can understand scripture unless they are connected with their organization. Uh, they have made the statement that, uh, everybody else, every other uh, organization that professes to be Christian, if it's not connected with them, then they're part of Satan's organization. And yet, after making all these statements, uh, the Watchtower Society has contradicted itself uh, quite a few times about various uh, doctrines, including the one that we're looking at now, salvation, according to the Watchtower uh, Society. Uh, the Watchtower Society has clearly taught that uh, being a part of that organization is necessary for salvation. Uh, for example, in uh, November 15, 1981, and let me say this too, uh, some of the quotes that I make from the Watchtower Society, uh, quotes from an old publication that they put out, and somebody might say, well, hey, uh, they said that a long time ago, and, you know, the past doesn't matter. Well, that all depends. Uh, in some cases, the past doesn't matter. Um, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and nobody uh, has the right to hold my past against me because once I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, all my sins were forgiven. And that applies to all Christians as well. And any person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, neither I nor anyone else uh, has a right to hold their past against them uh, because God has forgiven them for everything that they've ever done. However, uh, say if a man is a candidate, he's, uh, say if a church is in need of a pastor and you have several individuals apply uh, for the position in uh, the church, if they're wise, of course, they're going to look into the background, especially the person say, I have experience as a pastor. 
the church is going to look in, into the background of this individual. And uh, if they look into the background of one of the candidates and it turns out that this candidate has a scandalous past as a pastor, then is the church going to say, well, you know, the past doesn't matter. You know, if the uh, candidate has, uh, you know, had affairs with several women in the congregation, he was booted out of the congregation for that. Uh, some candidate was booted out of the congregation because he uh, stole some funds from the church. Uh, is the uh, committee that's uh, seeking the pastor going to say, well, uh, the past doesn't matter? So, yeah, in some cases, the past doesn't matter. But in some cases, uh, the past does matter. I don't want a doctor operating on me, and I found out that this guy has had his license restricted uh, five or ten years ago uh, for malpractice uh, because he uh, caused the death of two or three persons because of misdiagnosis. Uh, I'm not going to say, well, the past doesn't matter. So in some cases, the past does matter. In the case of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, uh, the past does matter uh, with regard to these uh, contradictions uh, in teaching because some of their teachings uh, have been life and death uh, issues. Uh, like when the Watchtower Society uh, once said that you couldn't get vaccinations, then they switched and said that you could. Watchtower Society once taught that you couldn't have any part of blood uh, injected into your body. Uh, now they say that you can. They still say you can't have whole blood, but there's such a thing as blood fractions, uh, which is uh, portions of blood that can be extracted from blood and used for various purposes. The Watchtower Society once taught that you can't take uh, part in blood fractions. They once taught that you couldn't uh, have an organ transplant. And can you imagine how many people died until they finally switched and said that uh, it was up to the individual whether or not they had an organ transplant? So, yes, uh, some cases the past does matter. So the Watchtower Society has contradicted itself with regard to uh, salvation. They say that once taught that uh, salvation is uh, within their organization. Uh, As a matter of fact, they made this statement, any person who wants to survive into God's righteous new order and by righteous new order, of course, they're talking about the 1,000-year millennial uh, period when Christ will be reigning in the earth. Uh, and the Watchtower Society says if anybody wants to survive to uh, be able to go into that millennial period, that 1,000-year reign, uh, they say that you, the person needs to come into a right relationship with Jehovah and his earthly organization, which is uh, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Uh, they made another statement in 1981. They say that the witness includes the invitation to come to Jehovah's organization for salvation. Come to Jehovah's organization for salvation. They also made another statement in 1983. Jehovah is using only one organization today to receive everlasting life in the earthly paradise. We must identify that organization and serve God as part of it. What organization are they talking about? The Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So I gave you a statement, uh, two statements from uh, 1981, uh, well, three statements from 1981, because they say, you know, the way that you treat the leaders of the society will be the determining factor as to whether or not you go into everlasting uh, life or everlasting cutting off. By cutting off, they mean annihilation, but that's another matter. That's wrong, too. But so the Watchtower Society made these state, those statements, uh, but then in 1990, I have this statement from the Watchtower Society. We cannot take part in any modern version of idolatry, the imputing of salvation to an organization. So in other words, they are saying in 1990, you can't impute salvation to an organization. I'll say that salvation is in an organization. But then in 1993, they contradicted that statement and said, if we draw away from Jehovah's organization, there will be no place else to go for salvation. 
So you see how the Watchtower Society is contradicting themselves. Are they right? Are they wrong? How can it be God's organization? If they're God's organization, where did they get all this uh, false and contradicting uh, information from? And then you have some Jehovah's Witnesses say, we're not an organization. I've talked to them on the streets and uh, more on more than one occasion, I've had a Jehovah's Witness say, well, you know, actually, uh, really, we're not uh, an organization. But uh, I have a brochure from the Watchtower Bible and the Tract Society from 2013. Uh, and also the Watchtower Society's uh, magazine, the study edition, May uh, 14, uh, when they do uh, say several times, uh, they call themselves uh, an organization. They say that Jehovah is a God of organization. So which is it? Are they an organization or are they not an organization? Now, uh, also, the um, Watchtower Society uh, regarding baptism. Uh, they, you know, in 1968, they made this statement, have you recognized yourself before Jehovah as a sinner who needs salvation and acknowledge to him that salvation proceeds from him through Christ? Have you dedicated yourself to do uh, to God to do his will as he reveals to you? Well, okay, that's fine. That's the way it should be. Uh, salvation is in Jehovah God alone through Jesus Christ. But they say that in 1968, but in 1985, they made this statement. Do you understand that your dedication and baptism identify you as one of Jehovah's Witnesses in association with God's Spirit-directed organization? Well, here now, uh, uh, there they were calling themselves God's uh, Spirit-directed organization. So, you know, salvation is not in an organization. Then salvation is in an organization. Uh, we are not an organization. But now we are baptizing you in association with God's spirit-directed organization, namely us. But then, uh, in a 2014 book entitled, What Does the Bible Really Teach? Uh, they talk about when they are preparing to baptize um, a, a candidate, uh, they say a talk reviewing the meaning of baptism is usually given. The speaker then invites all baptism candidates to answer two simple questions as one way to make a verbal public declaration of their faith. So, you know, they ask them a couple of questions. Uh, before they baptize them. Well, this particular article didn't say what the question was, but they say, uh, they did say this, uh, baptism candidates are fully immersed in water to show publicly that they have made a dedication to Jehovah. Then they go on to say this, remember that you have made a dedication to Jehovah God himself, not to a work, a cause, other humans, or an organization. So they say you made a dedication to Jehovah and his, and his organization, um, and not to his organization, but to Jehovah God. But then they're contradicting the statement they made in 1981, the statement they made in 1983, the statement they made in 1993. Namely, if we draw away from Jehovah's organization, there will be no place else to go for salvation. So you see how the Watchtower Society has been back and forth, back and forth, and this is not the only thing they've been back and forth on, but we're looking at uh, salvation according to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And every scripture should have um, basic command of certain uh, fundamental scriptures in the Bible with regard to salvation. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 makes no mention of joining an organization. John 5 and 24, Jesus made a statement. John 5 and 24, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto you, he who hears my word, and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. That is, don't have to worry about going to hell. 
but it's passed from death unto life. What does he mean? You pass from death unto life. You were spiritually dead, but when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become spiritually alive. So you'll pass from spiritual death unto spiritual life. When you die physically, you pass from death on into heaven with God unto everlasting life. Luke, uh, but notice that scripture said nothing about if you uh, join an organization. Uh, Luke 23, 39, Jesus on the cross, thief on the cross. One of them realized uh, that Jesus really was who he said he was, came to faith in Christ and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, truly, truly, I, tell, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Said nothing about an organization. Acts 4 and 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Talking about Jesus Christ, that's the only name under heaven that has been given to all humanity and is through his name that we are saved by receiving him as our Savior. John 16 and 31, God's uh, apostles, God's servants were thrown in prison for the preaching of the gospel. But while they were in prison, they began to sing praises unto God. My, what a good example. That's the attitude that we ought to have when we find ourselves in trouble for being faithful to the Lord. We should still praise God. And so as they were singing praises unto God, God uh, shook the prison. The doors came open, not just the uh, door that Paul and his companion Silas was in, but the doors with that, all the doors, uh, the cells that had prisons, they came open. And uh, according to the uh, Roman authorities, uh, if any prisoners escaped, then the Roman soldier was in trouble. So this Roman soldier, he was terrified, and he ran into Paul and Silas, whom he no doubt had heard singing. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. In other words, put your trust in Jesus, the one who died for you on Calvary, and you will be saved. But they didn't say anything about joining an organization. And nowhere in Scripture uh, is anything mentioned about joining an organization in order to be saved. Now, let me say this. That does not mean that once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior that we don't need to go to church. God commands us to assemble ourselves together with other Christians. That's the purpose of going to church. But he doesn't say go to church so you can be saved. But rather, we want to go to church if we've accepted Jesus Christ. We want to go to church because we are saved and we want to please God. And the other thing, the purpose for going to church is uh, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gives you gifts and abilities, and God and, and he does that with every Christian, and he expects us to share those gifts and abilities with others. So you may have a gift that I don't have. I may have a gift that you don't have. But I need the benefit of your gift, and you need the benefit of mine. And we can really do that when we come together. Uh, we meet together in a, a particular location for the purpose of ministering our gifts to one another for the purpose of uh, singing praises collectively uh, with God for the purpose of bearing one another's burdens. Maybe somebody's had a hard time during the week or somebody's, uh, you know, going through some distress because of bereavement or something like that. And there we are face-to-face. We can comfort one another. Telephone conversations are good. Texting uh, is good, but face-to-face is really good too. So uh, God commands us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together but he didn't say assemble yourselves together in order to be saved. He said, believe in my son, put your trust in what he did for you in Calvary, and you will be saved. And after you save, I want you to assemble together with other Christians. Why, Lord? So you can comfort one another, so you can console one another, so you can encourage one another, so you can, if necessary, even rebuke one another. 
So if somebody has fallen into sin and they're despondent and discouraged, uh, you can encourage them and remind them that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's why uh, we go to church and because we can sing praise to God collectively uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, but uh, church is not a, a requirement as far as being saved is concerned. It's a matter of fact, a person, you can go to church every day of the week and stay there six hours each day. But if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not saved. Salvation is not in an organization. Uh, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, and it includes watch the name, the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract Society. So the Watchtower Society is uh, absolutely wrong. You need to understand this. Uh, once a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. If they hear the gospel, the good news, the good news that you are a sinner condemned to hell, but Jesus Christ took your punishment on Calvary, and God is willing to forgive all your sins if you would repent and put your trust in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. That's the good news. And when a person hears that news, and if that person repents, because they really believe what they heard and they repent, that person is immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and 38, uh, Peter was talking to a bunch of unconverted people, and he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, receive Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, God sent one of his uh, servants, uh, Peter, uh, to a group of uh, non-Jews, Gentiles, uh, because these Gentiles had a great deal of respect for God, and they were trying to worship God the best way they knew how, but they had never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They didn't even know that that's what they were supposed to do. But because God saw that these people had a heart for the truth, they wanted to, they knew that God existed, and whatever God wanted them to do, they were willing to do. So God sent a man to them, Peter, to tell them what they needed to do. And Peter preached the gospel to them. And while he was speaking to him, not when they joined the church, because Peter went to this man's house. His name was Cornelius, and he was speaking to Cornelius and his family. And while Peter was speaking to him, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 44, that while Peter was still talking, the Holy Spirit fell upon every one of them. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit, not when they joined an organization, but when they heard the gospel. And God knew, who examines every man's heart, he knew that while they were listening, they really believed in it, was willing to do what God said, and had, in fact, in their spirit accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and so they received the gift of the Holy Spirit without joining an organization. Also, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Ephesians 1 and 13 tells us that uh, Christians were uh, received the Holy Spirit when they believed, not when they joined an organization, not even after they went to church. When they believe. When I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I hadn't been to church, but I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I received the Holy Spirit right then. And then afterwards, I went to church. I found out that's what I was supposed to do uh, in order to uh, then worship with other Christians, fellowship with other Christians, which means fellowship means to share the things that we have in common. We have the same Father. We have the same aspirations. Uh, so uh, same morals, same values. And so we share those things that we have in common. We have gifts we share with one another. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, uh, it says, As many as received him, that is, as many as received Jesus Christ, to them gave he authority to become children of God, 
to those who believed in his name. So the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God. You can accept him in your car, on the beach, in the store, walking down the street, wherever you are. You hear the gospel. You respond to it by repentance and receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that moment, that instant, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in a bar and you realize that you're a lost sinner condemned to hell. And you would go in the bathroom and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You indwelled by the Holy Spirit right then. And you become a child of God right then. And your name is written in the book of life. Well, it's already recorded in the book of life. But you become a child of God right then without joining an organization. So the Watchtower Society is wrong. So now I think that we have to take a break. And after that, we'll continue uh, looking at the Watchtower Society. Oh, got a phone call. That's what we got. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Bible Talk. Hello? Hello? Oh, that's not... Dr. Baker. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about me, Sonia? Yeah, okay. Sonia, oh, yeah, okay. All right. How are you? Okay. Hi, how are you? I have I'm a question. Doing uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Fine, My fine. father... Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine. Oh, okay. Uh, my father is a whole... A, uh, uh, a devout Jehovah Witness, and he has been for a very long time. And mm-hmm. I'm not. We weren't raised. We weren't raised in the religion. But um, what I noticed in the past few years is, you know, when they talked about, and well, in his group, when they talked about Jesus Christ, they had a book called that Jesus Christ was the greatest man that ever lived. But they he, mm-hmm. he, they would never say he was the son of God. But in the last uh, five years or so. I've noticed that when he prays, and he well, when he says a prayer, he ends the prayer in Jesus' name. So I asked him one day, well, you know, you can never ask him anything because it's always going to turn into an argument, which I just don't be in the mood for. <laughs> but I asked him, I said, well, if you believe that Jesus Christ was the greatest man that ever lived, but he's not the son of God, why do you end your prayers now in the name of Jesus? And he, whatever he was saying, it was, it was, he got really upset, but he couldn't give me an answer. And, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to upset my dad or anything, so I just let it go, and I haven't asked him about it again. But I, I, but I've been wondering about that the last couple years. It's like, you know, you believe he's the greatest man that ever lived, but not the son of God, and that you have to go through him in order to be saved and have salvation. Then why are y'all now praying you know, ending your prayers in the name of Jesus. Well, you okay. Know what um, about? Or I, I know, I know they're trying to adapt because they're trying to bring people in into the deception, and that's a that's kind of deceiving a little, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, uh, a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, don't fully know the Watchtower Society's teaching. So sometimes you may get a various answer depending on which Jehovah's Witness you talk to. Now, the Watchtower Society, uh, first of all, they teach that salvation is in Jesus Christ. They teach that salvation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. They also teach that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But 
they say that Jesus Christ was a man and he was only a man, a righteous man, but only a man, the Savior, but only a man. They say that Jesus Christ was a created being. Jehovah God created Jesus Christ first, and then Jesus Christ created all other things. So they say that Jesus Christ is the creator of all other things. He himself was created. They say that when uh, Michael the Archangel came to earth, he came to uh, to earth in the person of a man, but he was only a man. He is not God. He was not the God man as Orthodox uh, Christianity teach. So the Watchtower Society does give lip service as far as Jesus Christ is concerned. Uh, you know, revere him. He's to be, wor- uh, not to be worshipped, but he's to be honored. Uh, he's to be respected. He's the only way to salvation. That's, they give lip service, but they're not consistent with it. And the reason why I say that is because of just what I was saying before. They say salvation is in Christ alone, but then if you was listening to the quote that I, I read, they say that salvation uh, is also in their organization. Also, uh, I was uh, going to an, an, another session uh, that they teach that salvation is according to work, although the Bible clearly teaches right, that, you know, right. we're saved oh, yeah. by faith. Right. So uh, it depends on which Jehovah's, because I've, you know, uh, talked to Jehovah's Witnesses down uh, through the years. And so I found that uh, some of them uh, don't really know the Watchtower Society's doctrine as well as, as uh, uh, some others do. So that may be the case okay. uh, with your father. He may not fully understand that the Watchtower Society teaches that Jesus is to be uh, revered, not worshiped, but be revered. Uh, you know, you can, uh, but you know, it's amazing. The Watchtower Society doesn't teach that you should pray to Jesus. They teach that you should not pray. To, and, and the reason why they say that is because uh, they say that prayer is a form of worship. And therefore, <laughs> you cannot, uh, you shouldn't pray uh, to Jesus. So the problem is, the Bible clearly teaches that we do pray to Jesus, talking about calling on the name of Jesus. And Jesus himself said, John 14 and 14, if you ask anything in my name, I would do it. And then he said this, and I looked this up in the Greek to make sure this is exactly what he said. He said, if you ask me anything, I would do it. What is that but prayer? But, you know, uh, <laughs> the Watchman says prayer is a form of worship. So, uh, and, and, and the other thing, you say you don't want to upset your father. That's good because God still wants you to maintain that respect for him. Uh, but we need to uh, oh, remember. You know, years, oh, years and years and years and years ago when I lived in Florida, back in around 1996, well, in around 1995, when I moved to Florida, I was had given my life to the Lord, and at this point, I was being discipled in the Word for the first time after mm-hmm. accepting Jesus for the umpteenth time as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, and he came down for a visit, and you know, first thing he did is he found him a, a Kingdom Hall to go to, you know, when he come down on vacation to see, you know, his grandsons and stuff, and you mm-hmm. know, we were. And so I'm newly in the Church of Christ, learning the Bible, you know, that kind of thing, all that, and, you know, learning my my own salvation and stuff. And when he came down to visit, and he started throwing this stuff out, I said, and then he got really mad. And I said, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, Dad, look, l- let's, let's do 
do this. Let's just enjoy our loving relationship as father, daughter, and we're going to leave religion out of it because I'm not trying to convert you. You definitely are not about to convert me. Let God have his way on whatever he's going to do in either one of us, and let's just enjoy our our relationship. And so mm-hmm. that's the way I do it because my brother, he's a Christian, and, boy, him and my dad, they get into some arguments. You think they're about to come to fisticuffs. And I just don't think that I would, and I get upset with my brother. I said, well, why get yourself provoked into an argument like that with dad where it looked like y'all getting ready to come to a fist fight? I said, because that's not showing the love of Christ. You that's know, correct. let them do their thing because every Jehovah Witness I've encountered, they all seem to have this same kind of stoic, they all have the same exact answer, the same exact response, and they're always trying to bring you into a debate about whatever discussion. They only want to stick to certain things. Yeah, um, well, first of all, uh, out of uh, love for your father, you want to pray for him faithfully that the Lord would open his uh, heart and then open his eyes to the organization that he's in. The other thing I is, uh, do that. I've done that for a long time, and still do. Good, keep doing it. Also, First uh, Peter three fifteen says to be ready uh-huh. to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. So if you, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses say, well, why do you believe everybody, uh, uh, all Christians go to heaven and not just one hundred and forty-four thousand? Why do you believe that Jesus is God? God said, be ready to give an answer to those who ask you why you believe what you believe. That's only done uh, by constant uh, study of the Word of God. The other well, thing you know, when they ready... ask me stuff, I, I, I do give an answer. I give them my answer, but, you know, it's never according to what they believe or what they want to tell me. And then they get upset, and then they want to try and draw me into an argument. I actually had, I've had a couple sets of ladies that, you know, how they knock on your door. I'm like, sure, come on in. <laughs> And they get mad and they get up and walk out in the middle of of me talking, you know, because it's like once they ask me a question and I tell them this is why I believe what I believe and I pull out my Bible and show it to them and then they'll give me their thing. And I'll say, yeah, but that contradicts what the word here says. That's not. And then they'll get mad. And if if they can't pull me into an argument, they get up and walk out. And I even had one of my dad's elders in a house meeting. I guess their little study one time, they invited me to into a study, and the guy ended up kicking me out of the study. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here, here, here's now. the thing. Okay, here, here's the thing. Um, I will debate a Jehovah's Witness as long as they're willing to talk. Now, but we have to remember, Jesus said gentleness and respect. If I'm debating Jehovah's Witness, if they get mad, well, okay, I just have to let you go, but I have to watch myself. So we want right. to, if we get a chance to dialogue with them, and here's the other thing. The fact that they get mad and walk out does not mean that what you told them is not going to have an effect somewhere down the line because there are Jehovah's Witness apologists, men who have wrote books who were once members of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, uh, and they heard, you know, the, the, the true point of view didn't like it at first, didn't accept it at first, but they they still wound up getting saved anyway. So uh, when the Lord opens up an opportunity, you talk. If it, you know, anger transpires like that, well, then that's different. Then you can stop the, the conversation. 
And one other thing, then I'm going to let you go. I don't know how, how uh, close we are to a break. One, one other thing I'm going to let you go. Arguing in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing because the Apostle Paul disputed with the Jews uh, in, in one place called the school of Tyrannus. So arguing is not necessarily a bad thing. It's how you argue. Uh, for an example, uh, me and a friend of mine and I are having a conversation. And I say, you know, uh, I think that the Detroit Lions are going to uh, do pretty good this season. He said, oh, man, no, you can't believe that. The Lions, they, it's going to be quite a while before they, uh, you know, uh, really uh, get a chance to even get into the playoffs. I said, well, no, I think they got the challenge. So here we are disagreeing. That's an argument. But it's not an out-of-control argument. It's not an argument that's with, with insults and shouting and raving. So what we need to do is to make sure that we uh, maintain our control and politely present our point. If the person gets angry and, and leaves, pray for them. You know, if they, you know, get to shouting, okay. they say, well, this, uh, we, there's no need for this. So, uh, you know, and if they don't want to hear it, don't try to force it on them. But that's what you do. In the morning, oh, yeah, so you'll see. My part, I don't get upset because I believe in what I read in the Bible and what I believe the Holy Spirit has taught me and is even telling me at the moment to even say, you know, to the individuals or whatever, you know, and then they just get, oh, my gosh, it's just. <laughs> well, okay, let, let me say this. And, I think, and, you know, I'm going to let you do it. I'm that I'd rather deal with it than deal with a Jehovah Witness at some Okay, uh, we have to take a break. This statement, which, and, and I'm going to let you go because uh, the uh, engineer just told me you have to take a break. I didn't accept Christ when I first heard the gospel. As a matter of fact, uh, I used to have some very nasty and harsh words to say to Christians that uh, were working on the same job that I did. But now what am I doing sitting up here uh, teaching about Jehovah's Witness? And my point is, and I'm going to let you go, the fact that they don't respond right then does not mean that they're not going to respond down the road, Okay. Got to let you go. Got a, got a commercial coming up, break coming up. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the news talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Did you buy into the timeshare lies? I can tell you that I had a four-year experience with a timeshare corporation who did nothing but lie to me. That swapping locations was easy? They made this sound that this would be a really good deal that I could go anywhere, anytime I wanted to. That never worked out. Timeshare lies. Thousands of timeshare owners know the feeling. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I worked for the largest timeshare company in the world. When I learned the truth about what they were selling, I quit my job and instead became the pioneer in helping folks get out of their timeshare contracts legally. I understand that trusting anyone after buying a timeshare is a difficult task. That's why I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. For a free information kit on how to cancel your timeshare, call Wesley Financial Group now. 800-605-5757. 800-605-5757. Now is the time to register for an all-inclusive 10-day trip to Israel with WLQVFM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. 
Expand your global perspective on the Stand with Israel tour December 2nd to 11th with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com today to sign up for the Stand with Israel tour where history, culture, and faith will converge before your eyes. We'll take you behind the scenes to explore the places you've read and heard about. Pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the Sea of Galilee, float on the unique Dead Sea, and much more. The land, its amazing cuisine, and its diverse people are a spectacle to behold, and you can live it all firsthand. Best of all, you'll be with Faith Talk Detroit's syndicated media host, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, special guest Mike Lindell, like-minded supporters of Israel, and listeners of WLQV. Secure your spot today for the Stand with Israel tour. Visit faithtalkdetroit.com, search keyword Israel. That's faithtalkdetroit.com, keyword Israel. Are you tired of paying high fees and commission even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Joel Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. is the number. You want to call in 866-423-9578 to be with Pastor Baker on uh, Bible Talk. Welcome your questions, uh, comments, whatever whatever you have to say. Uh, We have a call. uh, Just before I take the call, I want to say that if uh, this ministry is a a blessing to you and you want to uh, donate it uh, to this ministry, you can send your donations to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. All the money goes to the broadcast uh, to uh, support the broadcast. Again, the uh, address is uh, the Post Office Box is uh, Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Your uh, donation will be greatly appreciated. Uh, so now we have uh, Nathan from Ferndale. Hello, Nathan. Hey, how you doing? Fine, fine. How are you? All right. Uh, I just want to ask you a question of, uh, do you know what the doctrine or the teaching of supersessionism is? The, the doctrine of teaching of what? Supersessionism. Oh, uh, could you spell that, that last word for me? But even though, uh, no, I don't know. You're not familiar with it either, huh? I called yesterday, and I was asking the host on yesterday uh, if he knew the doctrine or the teaching of supersessionism. Super. How 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 is that spelled? S u p e r s e s s i o n i s m. S e s s i o n, and what's the rest? It's super. Super S U P E R S E S S I O N I S M Super Sessionism. Super Sessionism. Uh yes. no I don't. Um I have a book on uh doctrine, but unfortunately it's where I can't get to it right now and that I might be able to uh I'll look it up. Listen, right. could you hold on for right. about could you hold on for about uh five seconds or so? 
No, 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 just uh, just let me know or uh, comment on whether you are a believer in it or not. You'll see it once you Google it on or have the um, the guy who takes your calls check it out. But it's um, oh, okay. a real prevalent doctrine. And uh, thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. All right. 866-423-9578. 866-423-9578. Um, looking at salvation according to the Watchtower Bible and Christ Society. We just looked at uh, the teaching of society uh, that salvation is in their organization. It's not in their organization. Then it's in their organization. Uh, I think the current teaching is, is not in their organization. But even though they may publish in the book, it's not in their organization. They still believe that if you don't become a member of their organization, then uh, God does not accept you. So I guess salvation is in their organization. Uh, after all, but another teaching of the uh, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, uh, as far as salvation is concerned, is they say that uh, salvation is dependent on work. And if you uh, recall, as I was talking to the first uh, caller that called in, I was telling the sister that um, the Watchtower Society gives lip service uh, to the teaching that salvation is only in Jesus Christ through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That is an accurate teaching. And they mild that teaching, but they only give them lip service because uh, the Watchtower Society also teaches that salvation is uh, not only in an organization, but also salvation is dependent upon work. And uh, there are several scriptures that clearly tell us that a person is not saved by work. A person is not saved by doing good deeds. I don't care how many good deeds a person does. There are not enough good deeds that a person can do to make up for the sins that they've committed. The only thing that makes up for a person's sins is what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. He took the penalty for my sin, for your sin, and for the sins of the whole world. But in order for that death that he died on my behalf to do me any good, I need to repent and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Repent means to have a change of heart, uh, whereas I was living a life of sin, but I have a change of heart. I no longer want to live a life of sin. I heard the gospel that I was a lost sinner, condemned to hell, and would indeed wind up in hell after I died unless I turn from sin and accept that Jesus Christ as my Savior. So that is how uh, a person gets saved. All right, so now we're going to take another break, and then we'll continue after we come back. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com. Only rarely does a new film come along to remind movie lovers of Hollywood's golden age some 80 years ago. Greyhound, starring Tom Hanks, is that sort of old-fashioned thriller, notably enriched by state-of-the-art special effects and riveting action sequences showing World War II's Battle of the Atlantic. Hanks, who also wrote the screenplay, portrays a destroyer captain given his first command, leading a crucial Anglo-American convoy across the ocean, but facing destruction by wolf packs of German submarines. Based on a 1955 novel by C.S. Forrester, this film gives loving attention to the hero's profound Christian faith. Hanks shows the overburdened commander at prayer on multiple occasions while portraying the emotional bonds between men of every background facing danger together. As with Saving Private Ryan, where Hanks also starred, Greyhound enriches our culture with an inspiring story of American heroism. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu 
Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Take Your Marriage from Good to Great bundle with online marriage videos, audio sessions, and downloads of an ebook, a couple quiz, and a questionnaire. You'll also be entered to win Dinner for Two with Family Life Today's Dave and Ann Wilson and attend a live taping of the program. Log on to faithtalkdetroit.com, search keyword marriage. Enter today at faithtalkdetroit.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. Mike guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you've ever owned. The first night you sleep on a Giza Dream Sheet, you may never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-919-5912. That's 800-919-5912. Or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. Pastor Baker on Bible Talk. Eight six six four two three. 9578, looking at the Watchtower Society's teaching uh, with regard to salvation. Uh, the Watchtower Society has taught that salvation is in their organization. Uh, they also teach that salvation is dependent upon works. Uh, again, as I said before, they do give lip service to uh, the teaching that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. But um, Matter of fact, I got one of their uh, publications. Uh, it's entitled Reasoning for the Scriptures on page 359. They say a person does not earn salvation by his work. But anyone who has genuine faith will have works to go with it, works of obedience to the command, commands of God in Christ, works that demonstrate his faith and love. Without such works, faith is dead. That is a true statement. It is so true, I'm going to read it again. A person, now I'm reading from the Watchtower's book, Reasoning from the Scriptures, and they say, a person does not earn salvation by his works, but anyone who has a genuine faith will have works to go with it, works of obedience to the commands of God and Christ, works that demonstrate his faith and love. Without such works, his faith is dead. That is absolutely right on point with the Word of God. There's only one problem. That's an, uh, an example of what I was talking about when I say that the Watchtower Society gives lip service to uh, the fact that salvation is only by uh, 
grace through faith, and that works do not save you. It is true. If your faith is genuine, then you will work. But you're not working so that you can be saved. You're working because you got saved. So if your faith is genuine, it'll be backed up by work. What is one of the ways I know that I'm saved? By the works that I do. And, you know, uh, certain things that I used to do uh, before I became a Christian, once I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I stopped doing I had no interest in going to church. I had no interest in trying to comfort, console uh, people. I had no interest in preaching or I had no interest in teaching the Bible. But once I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I became interested in doing whatsoever God wanted me to do. Those are the works. God uh, gives, as I said earlier, gives us, uh, when we accept Christ as our Savior, everybody gets a gift or gifts. And God expects us to exercise those gifts, whether it be preaching, whether it be teaching, or whether you may have a, a special gift of organizing, uh, whether it's a gift of uh, maybe consoling or encouraging uh, people. Maybe you've got a, a, an especially uh, generous heart. Uh, God gives everybody gifts. Maybe you've got a gift of wisdom. Uh, uh, now, we all have wisdom when we accept Christ, but when God gives the gift of wisdom, we're talking about exceptional wisdom. So we have to share those gifts with one another. Those are the works that God wants us to do, of course, moral as well. But none of these things save you. So the White House Society, they give uh, lip service to it, as I read in the book. But let's see if they're consistent. So uh, let me read another quote from the White House Society. Not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth. Now, there's going to be uh, a paradise earth. Jesus is going to return, set up his kingdom on earth, and uh, there's going to be paradise for 1,000 years because he's going to be running everything. So we're not going to have the problems that we got now. So that's what the Watchtower Society is talking about, uh, paradise on earth. Not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth. Requirements must be met. So then they give a list of requirements, requirement one, two, three. Uh, the other ones I had no interest in, but here they say the fourth requirement is this. The fourth requirement is advocating his kingdom rule to others. In other words, when they say advocating his kingdom rule, that means tell people about the coming kingdom that Jesus Christ is going to sit up. Are going to set up. So they say uh, requirements must be met if you want to live in the paradise on earth. In other words, if you want to be saved, you got to meet certain requirements. One of them is uh, the fourth requirement is advocating his kingdom rule to others. Will you meet this requirement by telling others about God's kingdom? So they're saying clearly, if you want to live in paradise on earth, you must tell people about the coming. In other words, if you don't, then you won't live in paradise on earth. So maybe that don't sound clear enough. Listen at this one. God's will is that to make good his salvation to everlasting life, the believer must be a preacher in this world. With the mouth, one makes public declaration for salvation, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10. We have to do more than accept the kingdom message in order to be saved. In other words, the kingdom message is, you know, Jesus Christ, Dad took the penalty for our sins, going to set up the kingdom. They said we got to do more than that than just accept it. In other words, than just believe it. They say we also have to preach it. Where is that in the Bible? That in order to be saved, we got to go out and tell other people about Christ. Now, Jesus does command us as Christians to tell other people about Jesus Christ. You got people out there who are lost on their way to hell. All they got to do is die is get, to get there. God is not willing to finish your parents, and He's given us the commission to go out and tell other people. But that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you're going to heaven. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven. We can uh, wind up in heaven and be rebuked 
by Christ for neglecting some of the things that we should have done. But going out telling people about Christ is not what saves you. What saves you is repenting of your sins and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. There is not a Christian on the face of the earth that does everything that he's supposed to do all the time. We have to go to God and repent. Lord, I was negligent about this. I was negligent about that. Lord, I know I should tell other people about you, but I'm kind of scared about how people might react. I'm asking that you have mercy on me. I'm asking that you strengthen me. And if that person dies uh, still in that spirit, they still go to heaven because they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Watchtower Society is misinterpreting uh, Romans 10 and 9. Romans 10 and 9 is simply telling people how to get saved, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And it says if you go out on the street and tell people, you shall be saved. It says if you confess with your mouth within your heart uh, the Lord Jesus. What do you mean confess Jesus? That Jesus is who he said he was, the Savior of the world, that only through him will God the Father accept us. That's what it means to confess Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And if you believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, because why should I accept him as my Savior if I don't believe he rose from the dead? If he didn't rise from the dead, then he wasn't who he said he was. So Romans 10 and 9 is telling people how to get saved. It is not saying you got to go out and talk to people in order to be saved. Now, if you love God, then you're going to do what he said. Go out and tell other people. You should have a, a heart of compassion for people who are lost, relatives, non-relatives, even your enemies, if you get a chance to talk to them, but not go out and preach in order to be saved. So that's why I say the White House Society gives lip service to salvation is only through faith uh, in Jesus Christ. But then as you just listened at the quote that I just read, uh, that's not really what they practice. They say, again, we have to do more than accept the kingdom message in order to be saved. We also have to preach it. We are saved by more than just believing the kingdom message. We must publicly declare that message to others that they, as well as me, may be accepted into God's new world. Well, okay, um, that's a look at uh, watch, uh, Salvation According to the Watchtower Bible and the Tract Society. Uh, next month, the Lord willing, I will continue this discussion uh, concerning the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract Society, Salvation According to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Okay. See you next month, the Lord willing. I'll see you. This three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.